Writing happens all the time on the iPhone, whether it's a text message, a social media posting, or an email. So why hasn't Apple done anything to make autocorrect better? And on another topic, what if Apple started making routers again? It's all in this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Stay with us. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Late last week... Jason wrote an article about autocorrect on the iPhone, asking the question we're all asking, why is it still so terrible? To be fair, it's terrible on Android, too. Yeah, autocorrecting devices. It's so weird because it feels like 10 years ago, it was getting better every year, and then it just kind of stopped, and it's been treading water for like like seven or eight years. Like, there's just no... It hasn't been any better. It hasn't changed. It's been just as bad for... Moore's Law doesn't apply to autocorrect. Yeah, it just seems like there's been no improvement and everything else is getting so much better. Like everything, so much more sophisticated, so much more... Autocorrect was, was one of those things that on the original iPhone, it was like, oh, wow, this is pretty amazing. Because, you know, when you saw the demo, the tiny keyboard, there's no tactile feedback. It's like, well, how am I going to type on this thing? But, you know, you move your fingers where you think the keys are. And it kind of knows what you want to say most of the time for, you know, common phrases. And it was pretty cool. Kind of like Siri. Pretty cool. And then that's like, that was it. It never advanced past like that original pretty cool stage. There's, you know, there's things like that swipe stuff. That always drives me nuts. Me too. It's it, like not my a, thing. The swipe keyboard, I like it and it moves. It works great. But then anytime you want to type a proper noun or something like that, that's not a common word, it tries to inject it. It thinks you're trying to type a common word. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm, I, I can't turn the swiping off on my brain to tap out something I know the swiping is not going to get. I don't blame them so much for that. I, I'm, I just want to know why autocorrect is garbage and i have theories and we're going to hear about them today one of the things that's maddening is that of all the companies that could fix autocorrect or make it better apple seems to be one of them with all their vast resources and their investment in the iphone and ios but you know people don't buy phones because the autocorrect doesn't work properly i guess that's my conclusion was that it was that uh you know it's oh discussion's over sorry i didn't mean to <laughs> It's that it's just basically not, it's just not a priority because nobody's going to like not buy a, a an iPhone because the autocorrect's not getting better. Nobody's going to turn around and buy one because the autocorrect got better. Those aren't the selling points the way that the camera stuff is. They invest a whole lot in the AI of the camera because photos and videos is like a really hot selling topic of why you would buy an next iPhone. And autocorrect isn't even though you <laughs> use it just as much, if not more. Uh, the the main thing is like no autocorrect's gonna get good until it can understand what words mean. The way the way autocorrect and everything else works is that Siri and all the voice recognition and stuff like that is that you know an army of contractors label parts of speech. They label words. This is an article. This is a noun. This is a verb, etc. They have some basic rules of language in there, uh, and they just know that they're picking words from a list based on and in the case of the autocorrect in the keyboard what were the letters near the letters you t- tapped and that are that would also belong here because they're a noun or because you just typed a verb i went to the and then it knows it needs a noun there 
Right. So it's kind of a form of uh, pattern recognition. Yeah, it's all pattern recognition and substitution, but it doesn't know what any of those things mean. Uh, and that's why it's never, that's why you get nonsense sentences that are, don't make any sense because you just don't, it doesn't know what those words mean. It just knows that it, oh, it's a noun, right? Cause somebody's labeled it <laughs> a noun or something. That's what's going to stop them from ever getting really, really good at it. But that doesn't mean that it can't get a lot better than it is just with the current machine learning, like looking at way more patterns of correctly <laughs> typed sentences and going like, that doesn't make any sense. Nobody's ever typed that series of words together. It's much more likely to be this other thing. So, and a good example I used is like, um, it is a great example of something where, you know, if I said the sentence, I'll use the one I used in the article, go down to the corner store and get me a stick of butter. Make sure it's unsalted. If I had to ask you, what is it? I mean, obviously the, the store, you know, right. It's an unsalted. Make sure the store is unsalted. Right? <laughs> like everyone, human intuitively knows it's the butter. And then if I change that second sentence from make sure it's unsalted to check that it's open today, we know it's the store. AI's machine learning, whether it's for autocorrect or Siri or anything else, have no conception of that. They don't get that at all. They they try to fake like they do. And they you remember when they did all these demos where you would say like, how many points did LeBron James score last night? They would answer, and then you would say, how many rebounds did he get? And they would know that he meant LeBron. And it's like, no, it's just remembering the last noun. It's just saying, oh, they used a, they used a he, uh, just what was the last noun <laughs> they talked about? It doesn't actually know. And even that doesn't oh, often work. Like those continued conversations that Google and Amazon have touted for a while now, they really don't work. Yeah, and that's the and, reason. And Siri does them too. So you, Siri does these like you, you can say something and then just refer to the same thing. You know, how tall is the Eiffel Tower? How much does it weigh? It knows it is the Eiffel Tower, but it doesn't know that it is the Eiffel Tower. It just assumes the last noun you were talking about. So yeah, it, until until they start to know what words mean, which we're nowhere on, like just <laughs> at all. Autocorrect's not going to get perfect, but it it needs to get a lot better. It shouldn't produce nonsense garbage sentences that mean nothing. The machine learning that they feed it <laughs> to learn this should look at sentences and go like, this doesn't match anything anyone's ever said. None of this makes sense. Google's search correction thing, I found to be the best. And I think it's because it's using probably a tighter subset of, of words. But I can type a completely jumbled mess sometimes. And it, it can pretty much decipher like what I kind of mean. Yes, it's, it's doing the same thing. Right. Where it's, you know, it's close. You know, it's using a keyboard and what's close is what's not. But I, I, I find that even better than it is on Android when I'm typing things. And I think, you know, part of it is because they're trying to build in that contextualness. And it's like you say, it's just it's a it's a it's a nightmare when you're not using a very specific specific parameters. Yeah, I think the fact that you're searching for stuff and you're typing in these search phrases and stuff, and there's a, it's looking at everyone else's right, search relatively finite. Stuff, yeah, just just constrains things a lot to where it gets better. But yeah, I, anyway, better autocorrect, please. <laughs> it's never going to happen because there's no money in it, like there used to be. It used to be a key usability thing. Like when we were all just like, how am I going to give up my BlackBerry for this thing that's all screen? Autocorrect was like a way to show off how usable your device was. That's so gone now. It's not where it needs to be. I, there's, I can't type five text messages without correcting three of them. Correcting an autocorrect problem on three of them. That's my rant. 
And it's probably something that most people don't even really notice because we in, we instinctually don't rely on it. Like I we type something, we type a text, and then we look back and say, all right, did I get it? Did it, do I have to, you know, use the little cursor to, to go and edit something or, or a tweet or something? You know, I mean, if you type and hit send, it's invariably going to be wrong. And it used to be a thing where people would post all these funny, you know, oh, haha, look, look what I accidentally typed. Like it's, it's, it's so commonplace, like those don't even exist anymore. Like it's just, you know, people just expect it to be wrong. They expect messages to be wrong or you'll get a text and then another text. Oh, I meant to say this. I mean, I, we do it on Slack. We do it on Twitter. We do it. On, it happens all the time. And it's, it's just part of the culture now. <laughs> yeah, we've all expected it autocorrect to take a mistyped word and turn it into a different word that yeah. is not the one that we mean so often yeah. that we've just we're just numb to it. <laughs> Right. It's numb to the right. fact that this is awful. We, we overlook those little typos and we, we can guess what they mean now and that's it. Could it just get a little better with every year? I, I mean, it's the it's way a, everything else does, the way like weather and camera and photos and everything else just. It's supposed to. I mean, the machine learning that built in, it's supposed to be learning. It doesn't seem to actually really be doing that. There are some words that like I type and you don't. And it'll, it'll remember those words, but pretty infrequent. And for the whole, it still does duck instead of the F word. Like it does, it, it doesn't, it, it's, it's. I'm it's, willing to forgive things like that, where it obviously, it's obvious that they're just trying to like get rid of foul language. Like that one's an obvious substitution that I understand why it's doing it. What I don't understand is why it's changing like his to hit. Mm-hmm. When hit doesn't make any sense in the sentence, right? And his does. Right. I love his shirt, and then it would change it. And I mistyped his, and it said, "I love hit shirt." Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't make any sense. So why would it ever suggest that instead of the other thing? When S and T are right there, like I hit the wrong thing. And anyway. the, the the predictive text thing that Apple has, Google has, like that does a slightly better way. But no one is. I don't know about no one, but I'm I'm not trained to do that. So I'm typing. I'm not looking, checking the word. Is this the right word? Tapping, going. I, I just don't. I don't do that. Some people do. Yeah, I, I've seen other people who are who text really fast and type really fast, and they quickly go between the keyboard and the word list. I'm less concerned with the word list than with the fact that if I miss a letter, the odds that it's going to change it into the word I meant and not some word that makes my entire sentence nonsense is bad. It's just a really bad success rate and you, you can also go into i think keyboard or something and add like text strings so like if you type something something else comes up so there are ways yeah, to kind of substitutions macros and stuff yeah and macros or if you consistently spell a word wrong that i do i think it was like i put like a b in something or something so i finally just added one because i always get it wrong it's you you have to do all that stuff you have to yeah nobody does that yeah no That's one few people are doing that yeah so that's not autocorrect. That's you correcting yourself. Yeah. And of course, you can just turn it off. Some people swear by turning that it too, off. They're yeah. like, well, you know what? It saves me more time to turn it maybe, off. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not like that, but I do. I turn it off on the Mac. It's like the second thing I do. First thing I do is I take off the, quote, natural scrolling because that's reversed for, I, for my brain. I like I like natural scrolling. <laughs> I, I understand. Yeah, I get that, especially with a trackpad, touchpad. But to me, like from years of mouse wheeling and stuff like that, like 
up up goes up and down goes down. And so I turn off natural scrolling and then I turn off autocorrect because nothing makes me matter than using a physical keyboard to type and having it do an autocorrect on me. It just uh, makes me. And then I install Rocket because because I want my emojis. The thing that drives me crazy is when autocorrect, I've somehow trained autocorrect with incorrect words, with my misspellings somehow, and then it suggests those misspellings when I type the correct word. Yeah, there is a point. Somebody said, like, I can't remember what year it was, but it was four or five years ago they switched autocorrect from a thing that they trained with a bunch of machine learning training on common phrases and stuff on the internet and all this other things to a learning system that can run on your phone and learn your words that you type all the time. And it got worse. <laughs> it like got a lot worse. And it's things like that. Uh, yeah, I have a habit, for instance, when I write iPhone, for some reason I write IHP. Oh, I see. Yeah, because your your left thumb is going faster than your right one. and you're yeah. And so my phone thinks iPhone is spelled I-H-P-O-N-E. I know exactly how that happens, too, because your eye is on the right side. So it's, you're, going, you're going right from left thumb, right thumb. You're going right, left, right. And it's quickly. And so because you need to go right, right, left. And that's awkward. But that's exactly the kind of thing that a smart computerized system should be good at recognizing. Like you just transliterated two letters from the same word that's that works, that makes sense, that's that, that's a proper part of grammar for that sentence. I mean, to be fair, that, that would autocorrect if Roman didn't spell it wrong every time he wrote it. <laughs> it probably it right. probably did the first thirty times. It's like, oh, I forget it. He, yeah. clearly, he clearly means I. Clearly, <laughs> there is a thing called an I huffman that he. <laughs> I wish we had a solution, but I mean, the solution is simply we have to wait for technology to catch up. Yes and no. There's so much like you look at the research being done on GPT-3 and stuff like that, the the text generation and text understanding um, AIs and stuff out there. It's clear that Apple has not made it a priority to make this really good for a lot of years it could be a lot better without like understanding what words mean and a true ai sense or something like that they it's just a matter of you know what is the autocorrect team going to get the same resources as the camera team for, for their machine learning no of course not it could be a lot better with just better priority and time and money spent on it yeah i was meaning from a user consumer standpoint you know what is our oh what could we do Ugh. yeah <laughs> we could read your article though jason yeah we could get our read that article and Just on everybody Macworld. complain com. to apple and uh yeah i don't know they complain to apple and you know sometimes apple listens to its users on another note we also posted an article on monday this past monday Apple used to make routers. Some people may not realize this, but Apple used to make routers, and they made a router called the Airport. And Dan Morin wrote an article talking about the state of the router market, and maybe it's something Apple could get into. Maybe it's a market that Apple should reconsider creating new products for. Maybe it's a good time for the rebirth of an Airport Extreme, especially with Apple's foray into the smart home market and with HomeKit could be a device that 
helps Apple make some leeway in that in that in that spot. Yeah, I had a time capsule from like 2015ish or something as my A211 AC router, what they now call Wi-Fi 5. And that was great just the the way that it was the way that it integrated the hard drive in there in a relatively seamless fashion. Like that was a neat way to get like simple network attached storage <laughs> really easily. <laughs> And the whole point of it was for it to be like a, a, a kind of a zero setup way to do time capsule on your Mac, which was their backup solution when we all needed to back things up to local storage instead of the cloud. <laughs> it was great in its time. I just really disagree with Dan about that necessity for one today. Like hard. <laughs> It's like, this comes up every now and then. I was talking about this in our Slack. Every now and then, people who have been around since the first Mac laptops and the introduction of the original airport and stuff, pine for Apple to get back in that market and to make airports again. Um, and it often comes with a laundry list of reasons that I just feel like, I feel like they haven't paid attention to the actual router market lately because most of them are addressed today most of them the um yeah i mean i have a, a an orbi which is probably one of the more popular mesh wireless networks and it there is relatively easy setup and relatively easy maintenance but i can understand why if there's an issue like if you have a problem with it it's it was way easier back when apple when i when i had that airport utility and I can just go in there, see what was going on. I like the being being able to to kind of um, identify and fix issues was easier back then. I thought. I think. See, I think yes and no. I think it was easier when you're like, well, I have four devices on my network, and it's like a couple Macs and a couple iPhones, and that's what our, your world was. And you didn't have to do port forwarding and DMZs or any other intelligent network management or anything. It was garbage for that stuff. It was just ter If you had to do anything fancy, you're like, oh, man, my game console's got a strict NAT and it's not connecting to this game service. I need to open some ports. Oh, man, you got a time? You got an airport? Oh, I'm sorry. Go buy another router. <laughs> you're going to be it's going to be such a pain in the butt for you to make this work. Nowadays, like I've got 60 devices or something connected to my Wi-Fi at any given time. And they're things like thermostats and cars and everything, like smart home speakers and all kinds of stuff. It's not all one thing. And it's a mix match of Windows and Mac and all this other stuff. And it's just, a, it would be a nightmare for me to have to be like, oh, I have to go into the airport utility that I have to find on my Mac. Of course, these days, Apple would also have an iPhone app or something. I just don't think it's going to be better than my Linksys app that manages my VLOP thing. That also looks, honestly, a lot like an airport did. It's a, it's a elegant, tall, white tower. Not everything looks like a mechanical spider with a bunch of antennas yeah, yeah. sticking out all over. Like, that's not how they all look now. Yeah, it's true. You I can get those. I think that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I think they sell those for, like, hardcore gamers and stuff like that who want to have show that it's, yeah, it's got eight antennas and stuff like that. But the there's elegant ones that hide all that stuff in a nice sleeve like Apple used to do. Those are the areas where Apple could do well. Plus, it would cost more. Like, it was always an expensive option. It was. 
And Dan mentioned something about how today's wireless routers can cost $150 or more. And I'm just like, oh my God, when was the last time you shopped for a router? $150 would be so cheap. Today's high-end routers are 300 and up. Like The mesh network's yeah. good. Uh, you, you can get a single like Wi-Fi 6E router for 300 bucks or more, right? And then mesh networks can cost you four, five hundred, six hundred dollars for a few nodes for the top of the line stuff. Apple always was kind of like on the most recent wireless standard stuff. So it would, they would probably be expensive and it would look good and it would be easy to set up. But I feel like you can get that now. I feel like you can already get that. Yeah. I mean, you absolutely can. I think what romanticizes the airport experience was that at the time we, yeah. we didn't have that. For so sure. Apple was like when you bought an airport, it was like, wow, it really can be this simple. So I think that that's what we were remembering and we're applying it to now. So I, I think I think I think you're both right. I think in the sense that you're saying that mm-hmm. whatever Apple releases would just be expensive and probably not that much better. That's probably true. And also, then harder to do. Well, I think uh, I think Apple would address that. They would have to. It's in, maybe, in yeah. today's world, they would have to open, you know, allow you to go in there and really kind of tinker with stuff because no one has just Apple products anymore. So they they couldn't they couldn't sell a a, a router just for. I mean, it would it might do better stuff with iPhones and, and Macs and stuff, but you would they would have to allow networking, you know, like high end advanced networking, prioritize devices yeah, and do all that other stuff. They have to maybe. But I think the idea that, well, maybe if Apple, because, you know, Google came out with the Google, what was it, Google Home? I forget what it was called, Google Express or something. It was interesting because it was like, all right, Google's doing this. It has Google Assistant built in and, you know, and it wasn't that great. And then Amazon bought Eero and, you know, Orbi comes out with like a new one every six months. And it's, you know, it's like, well, this is, and they're, they're very expensive. I can see how somebody who had an airport. And I'm I'm one of them. In fact, I still I still have a time machine, time capsule hooked up for backups. Like they're that good where it still works. I think I just recently got rid of mine just because yeah. it's so slow. It's very slow. But I just let it I let it go for like three hours because I don't care. My, it my link system has anything. a USB three port, and I bought a USB three external hard drive and yeah. plugged it and in, it's, and it's right. just like it's four times faster. Absolutely, yeah, you can do it. Mine's mine's there just for like the but, the retro, but yeah, for the, the longest time I had it there just for the backup. Yeah, and it's really easy. It still does the same thing. Yeah, it takes hours to do like three gigs, but it just does it. You know, I don't have to do anything. Occasionally, you know, a backup will get corrupted and I have to start over. But that's the nature of backups on the Mac in general. But I I, I can see both sides of this. Like if Apple were to come out with an, uh, uh, a router tomorrow, I'd buy it in, in, in an instant. For it would probably be like a thousand dollars, and it would be Wi-Fi sixty, and I would I would buy it, I would pre-order it in a second because, like, I still have that romantic notion that you know Apple is really good at this networking stuff. I think that's the key: is that the people who are around and trying to do networking stuff in those times, it's not so much that they want Apple to make a router, so much as that they want the days back when apple did make a router and there was something you could buy that made it easy yeah right and and today like third-party companies make it about as easy as it can get your your links and netgears and stuff of the world can and will sell you a high performance good looking router that is pretty damn easy to set up i swear to god <laughs> no i do i i have a i like i said i, I have an orby you have to develop it's yeah they're, they're easy they're very easy they're not quite plug and play, but they're close. But this morning I had an issue. I was actually working and I pressed save and it said, you know, you're offline. I said, what the freak? So I went over to my router and it was, it was, it was glowing magenta. 
And my son came in. He was playing a game. He said, "What's wrong with the Wi-Fi?" I said, "I don't know." <laughs> I said, "It's it's 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 red." <laughs> I said, "I don't have a clue." So we had to wait. You know, it came back on in five minutes, and it was it was a bit of a problem with the with the with the modem. But that's when you're like, oh, "I wish there was a well." I, I wish Apple would make this easier. And they probably the thing would probably have the same. Like if I had an airport there, we would have with the same same message. It would have a little exclamation point. You'd get your light would bl- start blinking, and there'd be an exclamation right. point. You'd go in there and say like fixed problem and say and and a progress bar would go really slow (laughs) it would say i couldn't do it and then five minutes later it would fix itself because it really wasn't right it was your isp changing your your ip exactly right exactly right but at the time which was for me like what 2011 2010 9 whatever year it was yeah that stuff like i had I forget what what I I think I had a a a, a Linksys back then one of those blue boxes with the antennas yeah yeah and well, it, you, I mean, that, those were, it was a nightmare everyone had that yeah and then I yeah. got the airport and I was like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> yeah everyone had that old Linksys WRT twelve hundred right, right, whatever right. it was <laughs> and they looked like that for for years forever they kept yeah. making better and yeah, better yeah. ones that had that same blue yeah, yeah. and black design. <laughs> Yeah, and the, and the, and the setup was not great on those stuff. It's amazing how far Linksys has come with yeah. that stuff. Um, uh, Netgear too. That was, they were just as bad, and now they, the the Orbeez are, are great. There is one area where I think Dan made a really good point. I wish he had focused on it more. Something that Apple could do that the others aren't doing, I think, is make something privacy. Yes, focused. absolutely. He suggested something like the iCloud private relay that just works at the router level for mm-hmm. all your devices. I don't think that would work because of what iCloud Private Relay is, the way it, it handles DNS requests and stuff like that. It's It would end up breaking um, too many of your devices that are things like smart home devices right. or you're trying to connect to a work network or something like that. There's, there's too many gotchas there. But, it, man, if they can make a router that had a privacy mode... And maybe you even could only turn it on for certain devices. Like you get a list of your devices connected and say, enable privacy mode on all these things. And it does things like block all the trackers and stuff. Like just, it knows where the traffic is going for tracking, what a tracking cookie looks like and all these other things. Or And could just do that on the network level. That would be amazing. Yeah. That's something that I think Apple could really offer the market in that it is A, a hard problem to solve in a way that doesn't end up breaking your network in a, you know, for a lot of other reasons and devices and B provides a real benefit for everyone. And I think the, the, the time capsule stuff, time machine, time capsule stuff also could be amazing, like easy, simple, thoughtless, effortless backups, which we don't quite have on the Mac yet. Like we do on the iPhone. Like that's, that's one area that I think would be useful because they, I don't know if it's a stories thing or or a privacy thing, but the way we back up on our iOS devices, which is just completely effortless and thoughtless, that's not the same on the Mac. On the Mac, you have yeah, to put you're in just effort it to the cloud. Yeah. So and, so if there was the Mac a, is always yeah, you have to go to a physical device. So if there was a like a built-in like like time capsule, uh, a built mm-hmm. hard a router with the built-in uh, hard drive, and they probably make them. I'm probably being obtuse here, but. I think that would be a selling point for, most, for people on, on a Mac. There are some, most of them just have a USB port and you plug in a hard drive. Right, right. And there are a lot for which time capsule will work. Not not all of them, but there are plenty. It just needs to support some SMB version or something like that. I don't remember what it is. There's, you know, as long as it supports the right protocol stuff, you can point your Mac at that for your, for what your, you want your time capsule backup to be and it'll work just fine. 
but but having some easy network attached storage and not just for time capsule, but just something you can access as a network drive on any of your devices mm-hmm. that's built in and it's easy and it's reliable. That wouldn't be a bad thing. It's just that's just not the kind of thing where it's like only Apple can do this. Like only Apple would really do this. But the privacy stuff is the privacy stuff is something where Apple would really thumb their nose at all these other companies trying to track you online and say, no, we built this intelligent tracking database. We update our database of IPs and stuff automatically to our routers all the time. If you opt in and it'll just block all this tracking for you for all your devices, no matter what they are, that'd be awesome. And you can whitelist stuff if you need to, like, oh, my Google Home doesn't work if I turn this off. You can just whitelist your Google Home and not all your, every device. Man, that'd be great. Yeah, well, that's one thing we haven't heard a, a, a whisper of a rumor about that ever. Like even like the, you know, the iPad is getting wireless charging or there's a HomePod with a display building. Like we hear rumblings about that here and there. Not, not since the airport has disappeared has there been a single rumor. Even buying a router yes. is an edge case hardcore thing sure. that is misrepresented online because the people who do it are the, are the people who are very online yeah. and, and, and talk on social media stuff all the time. But most people, like there's a router built into your cable modem mm-hmm. or your DSL modem. Mm-hmm. It's built in. Right. You use that. Right. You don't change your stupid SSID. Or your password from the string that's on the sticker on the bottom. And that's how people go. Most cable companies, if you buy like gig, they give you those little pods and set up around your house too. Like they're they're all they're all hooked up now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's a it's a steep it's a steep hill for Apple to climb to convince people they want they need a higher priced version of that. They need uh, to go buy something that they otherwise wouldn't even buy. Right. 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 Like yeah, that's a steep hill to climb. In order for me to get gig um, cable from comcast from xfinity um it has their modem for that 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 supports that just has a router built in like it just is there's no way not to have that well you Uh, can i go they let they they will let you use your own you just have to buy you gotta buy your own modem modem yeah the the supported list of like doxis 3.1 modems or something didn't support their gig ethernet or something like that it there's there was like a, a laundry list of non-technical but policy yep, decisions yep, that let them yep. do that so i had this and it's and in order to not have double nat to have like double D, uh, dhcp stuff going on i have to like go in and turn it to bridge, bridge mode, mode because yep. i do want to use another router Correct. for other things yeah. so you know that's and then you can't Apple's gonna have it. to navigate that like you, you end up selling people airports and they plug it into the wi-fi that they already have now they have two wi-fi networks because they didn't turn off the <laughs> they don't understand how to right they're using double nat at screwing up the other services yeah. like that's a lot i mean apple would have to do a lot so it's it's gone it's just something that you just get with your your internet provider now i think i have one of those old spaceship looking ones in a box somewhere those are those were those were cool at the time yeah, uh, that what's that ubiquity or whatever is the one that um, wireless is the ones that they kind of look like they have little flying saucers now. It, ubiquity they sell some home products now, but they're they're originally for like small. Oh, I see. Stuff. Yeah, it's like a circular type of a situation, and it's yep. like you would mount that on the wall or yeah, the ceiling, yeah. and yep. and 
they were great because they could handle a ton of connections at once and had good management software because mm-hmm. they're meant for you to like put it in your gym or whatever where you need to provide access to a bunch of people. You could do things like limit how much bandwidth each connection has and all these good things. And now they sell home products and they're apparently pretty good. Well, that does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 780. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast and the podcast app on Spotify, on Amazon Music, or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time. (laughs) 